I, hold on. I love that Greg knows the words to California Love, but can't tell you who played Beetlejuice. <laughs> I got my priorities, man. He in the California Love with exactly. <laughs> That's right. That is how that ended. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. We have uh, friends of the show back on today. Familiar voices, uh, Amin El-Hassan and Juju Gotti. And um, we're going to have some fun with them later. But first, I have to talk about the ongoing saga down here in Miami sports with Manny Diaz and Tua Tagovailoa. Tua, okay, the Dolphins lost. I get it. They lost a sixth consecutive game, right? And there's no way around that. I mean, they lost. They've lost out of Jacksonville and Atlanta, two bad teams. So, but two has been great. He's been great. Mm, great. Yeah. Well, he's thrown a couple of interceptions, granted. Bad interceptions. Okay, he's not perfect. When I say great, I don't mean perfect. I mean <laughs> great despite the interceptions. And um, I think in the past two games, he's completed like 80% of his passes for 630 yards, six touchdowns. And, uh, and and the and the interception. So I, I will not despite those interceptions, though. Those exact those interceptions exist. So they despite, do. Despite you wanting to despite them, I'm going to say that they exist and that okay, it's holding him back. He's fine. Uh, you're right. He shows glimpses. There's a lot of Ryan Tannehill going on right now with Tua. <laughs> he's not the problem. If we just let him sit the way he is, it's going to be a Ryan Tannehill thing again because he's not the problem. He's fine, but also. He's not great. So it's like he seems to be in this just little middle area. So that's why I'm starting to get like, you know, in the middle of the game. I was just like having like as if I was popping up from a nightmare. Like, wait, is this Ryan Tannehill again? Is this what we're doing again? Are we just like mediocre to like the most full extent? I I think you could not be more wrong about that. Um, I think Tua in the past two games should have convinced a lot of people that he has a chance to be uh, QB one. Moving forward, yeah, but that, that that's but but me calling him Tannehill is not saying that he can't be that. Tannehill's a nice starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. So, like, what if he is Tannehill? He's just a guy that can start in the league, but he's not an elite quarterback. Well, I think he can be better than that, and I think it's too early in his development to say he can't be elite. He, you know, keep in mind in terms of career starts, uh, he's late in his rookie season. Okay. And, and that's after missing his senior season at Alabama. So he's an underdeveloped second-year professional. And we have to look at, at what he's done in the past couple of games. My Miami Herald colleague, uh, Barry Jackson, actually made a very valid point, I thought, in a tweet after they lost on a, on a heartbreaking last-second field goal to Atlanta Sunday. And this requires a little bit of a... Uh, a leap of faith. It requires you to acknowledge a couple of ifs. Okay. Consider this. If Justin Herbert doesn't exist and if Deshaun Watson is not available, Dolphin fans are thrilled with Tua right now. They are thrilled with him. <laughs> but they do. <laughs> but Herbert exists. <laughs> okay. But, 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 but the point is, those are two things out of his control. Right. Okay. So I think he's getting a lot of heat because he's not as good as Herbert and because uh, Deshaun Watson is available. I think if you 
If you look and at cause he, and because he's thrown some really bad interceptions against some really bad teams. This is just such a depressing conversation. Why can't we talk about the heat or the Panthers? Like <laughs> this is just like the it, Panthers are undefeated. I know the Florida Panthers ice cats hashtag time to hunt. Like I just I'm <laughs> okay. just like what? Like I, I just feel like we're losing the audience here when we're just like going to have this to a debate after every Sunday. Like, you know, like whatever. He's fine. OK, but I'm we high. Stink, we're one and six and that's it. Like, let, let's talk about my chargers. Oh, All wait, right. they're on a boat. <laughs> Yeah, let's not talk about your charges. I'm, uh, I'm, we'll, we'll end it by saying I'm much higher on Tua Tagovailoa than most people. You plant and, and, that flag. You've planted your flag. You're into it. You're in Tuaville, right? And you, you're. It seems like you're not. You're just the flag is so dug in there deep that it's like it's going to be there for a while. Well, nothing in the past two games has uh, caused it to uh, loosen. No, those terrible interceptions. Just nothing. You're just like, no, that's fine. Good with that. It, it, it happens. He's not perfect. He's young. He's 23 years old. All right. Well, I don't want to get into this again. Chris, are you saying that, and, and you can just, yes or no. Are you mm-hmm. saying that if. Yes, maybe no. Hey. 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 And this this week, Chris is going to be on that this week, right? That's oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, tune into my, my show, Yes, Maybe No. Um, we did a Halloween episode featuring Chris Cody. And so if you want some stories about Greg Cody's Halloween traditions, mm-hmm. Chris's stuff, and maybe a minor controversy with Matt Latos. Tune in this week. Yep, that's right. I say some. I say, I say a bunch of crazy shit. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's the tease. Um, no, are you saying though, if if Tua with the team presently constructed, you think he's going to be a right around somewhere as Dolphins Tannehill was? But if yeah. he gets some more pieces, we could really see no. what Greg is hoping. I actually don't disagree with what my dad is saying. He could turn out to be a Pro Bowl top 10 quarterback i'm not ruling that out but he it's you know he's also looking like he could just be the the 18th 19th best quarterback in the league and you know that's where we're at and that's where we're always going to be because we're the dolph because sorry i'm getting emotional because we're the dolphins (laughs) so it's just where we're always going to be and i've accepted that so i've moved on to the chargers okay all right well we we could debate to uh all night long let's not but we won't um, what, what did you think of UM's victory? Because it saved Manny Diaz's job for at least another week. I had uh, I did not watch a single second of it because I was in Epcot getting hammered. <laughs> oh, you were. Tell me about that. Um, because, uh, you know, we were watching your daughter while you, um, you know, reneged on your parental duties and <laughs> got hammered. So tell me uh, tell me about that experience. And hopefully hopefully your your uh, daughter, Grayson, is not listening to this podcast and comprehending it all because we were not supposed to tell her that you were at Disneyland. Right. She will not. Yeah. She, we were just in Orlando visiting friends, according to my daughter. Cause she would exactly. not have been happy, but right. uh, no, we just went up with uh, one of our friends was celebrating something and we went up and it was a small group of us and it was a, a great time. Uh, I like I handled myself. Well, not didn't get the, the wife too mad at me. Um, the one disappointing thing is that uh, the, the people we were with decided that we were going to wear matching shirts. So we were like those people walking oh, around with, God. you know, conquering the world, one drink at it, one drink at a time. So, uh, <laughs> That I was not very excited about, but outside of that, it was a great time. <laughs> and for the so people, like, about- I got I got recognized like by two or three people. And every single time I just got mortified that I was wearing one of those Disney shirts. And I was just like, they're thinking right now, like, <laughs> I can't believe Chris is wearing this shirt. And I was thinking it too. So so, so w- were they matching shirts as in, you know, your Mickey Mouse and your shirt is pointing a finger at Christie's shirt saying I'm with her and I'm with him. No, the, the, the mini, mini and uh, Mickey shirts where the arrows are pointing. No, we didn't do those. We basically just did the uh, uh, it just basically said conquering the world one drink at a time. And mine had 
a beer mug and the women's had a wine glass. It was very, uh, you know, a little, a little uh, too, you know, not up with the times. Actually, it was a little outdated. The shirts. It's like, why? Just because I'm a man, I have to drink beer. Like, what if my right. wife wants a beer? Like, what are we doing? Exactly. Here? Right. Your wife can be a man, too. Yeah, exactly. Let's cut that. I don't (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's great. Let's leave that in. (laughs) I'm all for controversy. Um, You guys mentioned the Panthers. We'll do 30 seconds of Panthers talk. They're five and oh, which is I I have to tell you how extraordinary that is. This is like the 28th year for the franchise. They've never been four and oh, let alone five and oh. This is a legit great team. Potential to be a great team. And if you're listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday, they might be 6-0 because Monday they're playing an 0-5 team in the, the Coyotes, I believe. So uh, yeah, the Greg Coyotes. <laughs> yep, exactly. I think this is this is Chris Cody's doing. He Ever since he became a season ticket holder, we've mm-hmm. seen really good success for them so Nail, far. This right? is their first season as you with you as a season ticket holder, and look at where they're at. Nail right on the head, Yeti. That's right. Even though he was controversially... Uh, bounced out when he tried out for the cheer squad i think that was a bad call by them i think i could really help the team oh yeah you could totally greg how are the lobos today or this week oh all the results are not in the polls have not closed uh we never like to declare a victory but let me just say that greg's lobos who entered the weekend with a four and two record have every confidence of winning and becoming five and two which will maybe tie (laughs) For the league lead, or at worst, be one game back. That, that did not call for a wow. You said wow at the beginning of that, and I was just like, what he's about to say does not call for a wow. Oh, it calls for a wow. No, but it looks like you're on a bounce-back game from last week. Very good. Look at this. Maybe that dinner at Jack's house did a lot for you. Yeah, it did. It, what, what a beautiful dinner we ended up having. After um oh, hey, let, let, let's not roll let, let's let's let the people listen to it. Like don't don't give away all the goods. That's on this week's hard knocks, right? That's what they covered. You know what? You're right. Uh we uh we we drove to L Jack's house, his mansion, had a beautiful meal, and uh this is how it turned out. You're the worst. What happened? You're no, just you're... the worst at setting things up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. We're trying to like do it in a natural way, and you're just like playing defense against us. Like me and Yeti are trying to be seamless, and you're just the worst. Okay. Welcome to Levitard's world. That's why he's hated me for 25 years. My Lobos, you know, my dad, Wild Bill Cody, he always had a say. He had a bunch of sayings, but one of the sayings that always stuck with me was, Every parade must end. But when the marching band is quiet, listen, listen hard, because it's gonna start up. You're gonna hear brass, trombones, beating drums again. You may wonder what the hell I'm talking about. Well, we've had a four-week parade around here in Loboville, haven't we? We'd won four games in a row until we got hit hard. Got our ass kicked last week. But we're four and two. We're only one game behind in PFPI fantasy as we come up to midseason. So we're still in good shape. I want you all to listen for that brass again. Cock your ears. The brass is coming. There's another parade around the corner.
Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Incapable of turning down a free meal, Greg gleefully accepts an invitation to have dinner with Lobo's quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Hello, good sir. You are expected. Welcome to Le Chateau de El Jack. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Ah, won't you follow me into the study? I sure will. It's, uh, I'm overwhelmed. This is a very impressive castle, to say the least. Here is the Miller Light Mr. Jackson said you may be desiring upon your arrival. Wow, he knows me. Okay. Yes, uh, please do make yourself at home. Mr. Jackson will be with you shortly. He'll be with you shortly. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you, sir. Wow, this is... I'm sitting right now in a, in a, I think he called it a study. It's, it's like a den with all these books. I wonder if, if I took out one of these books, if like it would open a secret door or something. This is crazy. I, I, I'm so honored that, that he has invited me in here like this, but I wonder how long I'm going to have to wait because I'm very hungry. Very hungry indeed. Why am I talking like the English butler? All right, I think it's been 10 or 15 minutes. I've had a chance to explore this entire den, which is bigger than my first apartment. Um, There's a stuffed raven uh, in the corner. It's six feet tall. We're getting a little creeped out in here, but I'm really looking forward to this meal because uh, I don't know whether Lamar was kidding me or not, but he said he was, (laughs) he said he was going to be serving um, Lobo's mint juleps as an aperitif. So uh, we'll see about that. But, oh, wait a minute. Is that him? All right. He's coming. L Jack's coming down the hall now. Um, All right. uh, Hard knocks. I hate to say it, but y'all got to get out of here because this is going to be like a private dinner. Me and my man, LJ. So, um, uh, all right. We'll see you later. I'll I'll be I'll be like two hours and then I'll be back outside. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks. LJ. All right. That that was good. That was good. And now we want to um, go to a couple of friends of the show. Great guys, Juju Gotti and Amin Al Hassan. You know them. Uh, they're familiar to you. Their voices are dulcet tones. We have a fun conversation, wide ranging, a lot of sports, but other stuff too. Here they are. A fun conversation, wide ranging, uh, including all the things that Amin talked about on the Levitard show last week and on Cinephile last week. <laughs> Ooh, ouch. That hurts. <laughs> I was traveling, so I was saving all my pod listening to uh, for the road. And so if I had actually heard those things before you brought them up, I might have produced you better. So I'll take a little bit of a hit on that. But you, my friend, obviously don't support your son and cinephile. Yeah, geez. please support cinephile. Listen to cinephile. Subscribe, rate and review. Yeah, I, w- I would ask Christopher to take out that last reference. But uh, <laughs> every time I ask him to do that, he never does it. He <laughs> always leaves it in. So I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> Here's Amin and Juju.
Amin, I wanted to start by congratulating you. I understand that uh, Forbes has just named you on a list of uh, podcasts that you got to be checking out. How about that? Uh, that that's right, Greg. So quoted you for today. Uh, that'll only remain for this one. Next time I come on, it's going to be decidedly more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I haven't made Forbes's list yet, so <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna try there. Um, now, I mean, I want to get into this uh, bitter rivalry between uh, between your cinephobe podcast and Adnan Burke's cinephile podcast. Um, uh, and if it isn't a bitter rivalry, I'd like to stoke it into becoming one. Uh, can you describe the relation? I know Juju has been uh, has been on uh, on your podcast. Uh, talk talk about the two podcasts and why yours is so much better. Well, uh, well, first of all, the rivalry wasn't really a rivalry. It was very friendly. I like to point out, as I did on Cinephile the other day, that the the first episode, the first guest to ever guest on Cinephobe was Adnan for an April Fool's episode. So. If it was, if we, I'd like to believe that we coexisted peacefully. Obviously, the name Cinephobe was inspired in part from Cinephile. And then, uh, then Adnan got a new producer. It's a real jerk out of Florida. And that guy, he's the one that started all the problems, started all the mess. And, and now we're, we're embroiled in this, this, this conflict between the two podcasts, one that is acclaimed and has great ratings and stuff like that. And the other one is cinephile. <laughs> but, but I do understand that, uh, that cinephiles downloads have skyrocketed since this unnamed, uh, Florida producer came on board. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I mean, you know, this is like when, uh, when skip and Shannon had undisputed and they called the fastest growing show in sports. <laughs> yeah. You had zero, zero <laughs> listeners. And then you had 10. Yeah. It's an, it's an infinite kind of, uh, you know, expansion of your of your viewership. So yeah, I, I imagine it's similar. You know, like percentages. Sure, sounds pretty pretty impressive. I want to I want to mention something about movies. Uh, and and Juju, I want your opinion on this as well. Uh, I happen to think that um, acting is is a very overrated profession. And and I've said before that somebody with a little bit of athleticism cannot necessarily be trained to hit a hundred mile an hour fastball. But I think just about any of us, including myself, believe it or not can with a little bit of coaching can be a fine actor mm-hmm. no i 1000 percent agree with that oh my god acting takes about as much talent i'm talking about i could do brad pitt's job with my eyes closed hand behind my back i've been through so much stuff in my life give me put me in front of a camera i can show off charisma exactly give me uh, a <laughs> lifestyle i can act like anything i can be mr smith today <laughs> exactly now what about uh, i mean you have to defend acting, I would guess, right? Although you... Look, Greg, on, on Cinephobe, which is the podcast where Zach Harper and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain whether they're accurately poorly rated or perhaps didn't get a fair shake. But Cinephobe, produced by Anthony Mays, wherever you get podcasts. On Cinephobe, we give out two awards every episode. There is an award for acting your ass off. These are for people who delivered performances that were memorable and and powerful and then there's an award for acting your ass on which is basically the opposite right. and you would be surprised the level of competition in most movies for the acting their ass on award because guess what even with coaching even with a paycheck on the line a lot of people can't act acting is absolutely a skill that needs to reside in you first before you can just go out there and do it. No amount of training can make you, Greg Cody, 
be a good actor. I wait, believe that wait, wait, wait. wait Done. Let's make a movie, bro. The Greg Cody movie about Greg. That's right. Juju and I will star in the movie. He will get top billing. Um, I'll, play, I'll play Greg. <laughs> there you go. And I'll play, I'll play you. Now, that would take some acting on both of our parts if we, uh, if we change roles. But um, all right. I mean, I'm going to tell you this. I, there, when, when I talk about bad actors, um, I have one guy always comes to mind, and I'm going to ask all of you who you think is a bad actor. I don't even know his name. The guy, the lead character in Billions, I think is a bad oh. actor. What? I think wow, he, the, Giamatti. No, 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 no. not Paul about, Giamatti. Oh, I don't watch yeah, Billions. Clearly, he's, <laughs> he's talking about about Brody from uh, Homeland. Yes, yes, Brody. Mm, that, I think I don't know his real name. Either. No, I mean he, he, you know, he doesn't deserve to be known. Every he, every scene, he's like overacting. Am I wrong? Which place are you talking about? I, I didn't watch Homeland. Which one he, are you talking about? Bobby he, Axelrod. Bobby Axelrod. Yes, yeah, Bobby, yes. Bobby Axelrod. Yeah. He does make a lot of Muppet baby faces, like straight yeah. out. Of when he mad, you could tell he mad about his top lip. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, and he so, like a rattlesnake as well. I'm sidebar. Salute to him. You look like a rattlesnake, though. But salute. <laughs> <laughs> he, so, do, he does have leathery skin, doesn't he? Like, it's real. Like, you want to reach out and touch it and feel like a, a Louis Vuitton bag when you touch his face. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, who's, who's, a bad, who's a famously bad actor? Like, who's somebody who, who has had or has um, a flourishing career and yet isn't a great actor? I mean, I don't know if this, is, this counts. I might be cheating a little bit, but Adam Sandler, to me, is a bad actor. Okay. Why would that be cheating? Is it because he owns it? Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, because it's not like yeah, he was cast in any of these movies, right? Like he's right. and 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 I don't and I don't think if you asked him, you don't he wouldn't say he's acting either. He just I'm having fun with my friends or whatever, and right. people pay hundreds of millions for it apparently. Uh, so, but Adam Sandler, I'm trying to think who's a a dramatic bad actor. That's what I was um, thinking. Keanu Reeves, bro. He is kind of like the same dude in every movie, right? Ti. the first one to come to my mind was is travolta every time oh yeah travolta hold on travolta if you haven't seen the fanatics though he does an incredible job playing a character named moose and that's about all i'm gonna say (laughs) if you want to know more check out the cinephobe episode for the fanatic you definitely will not be disappointed by the way um alec baldwin he's in the news now for that tragedy that happened where he accidentally you 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 all have heard about this he accidentally killed the um I guess the director of photography with a prop gun, a, mm-hmm. a misfiring prop gun or something. And it made me wonder, because I think of um, Alec Baldwin from 30 Rock and from his Trump impression on SNL. I don't know a lot about him otherwise. Is he like famous for movie roles beyond anything? Or I, I, I can think. I was about to freak out, but we're talking to Greg Cody. <laughs> no, I don't know movies. Yeah. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. We got a lot of, he got a lot of hits. He wasn't he the original Jack Ryan? Yeah, it was like clear and present danger in the Hunt for Red October. Right, uh, Hunt for Red October. I mean, yeah, yeah. And his brother was uh, doing the uh, the football predictions, and he was uh, going in and out. Oh, the Swami says on the uh, the Never Time Show, Nostra Daniel, Nostra Daniel. Yeah, that's what. I <laughs> so being hit. okay. That's that's how Brandon Lee died, right? It was a it was a prop gun misfire. Yeah, so so Brandon Lee apparently the prop gun had been used earlier 
for a different scene with a special kind of uh, they call him a dummy bullet, and it wasn't supposed to be in there. And even though it's not a bullet, it goes out with the force and velocity of a bullet, and so that hit him and ruptured. And said the entry wound was the size of a silver dollar. Um, I don't, I did not know that prop guns had anything other than blanks. I was like, how could you kill someone with blanks unless someone put a real bullet in there? Either way, like this is a weird thing. And by the way, there there have been reports that the production of this thing has been bad. There were people who walked out due to safety concerns before this incident. Mm. Um, so I mean, this is this is bad for Alec Baldwin. I'm, I'm not talking about criminal charges or anything like that. It remains to be seen that that's going to happen. But this is not a good look. Greg, are you, do you mean to tell me you never saw Beetlejuice? I did. I didn't. I don't remember him in it. He was. He was <laughs> one. The, the, Gina Davis's <laughs> husband. Remember Gina okay. Davis and her husband died in the house and then they were trying to haunt the house so that these people wouldn't move in. Right. The husband is Alec Baldwin. The only thing I remember about Beetlejuice was uh, that's the movie with the, the guy with the tiny head, right? Yes, Greg. OK, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> that was the last scene in the, that movie, by the way. Right. The, the tiny head. <laughs> OK, that's all I remember. Greg, do you know who played Beetlejuice? No, I have no idea. Greg, who was in Field of Dreams? Oh, Costner. That is not who played Beetlejuice. I, oh. I'm a Greg as well. I guess I don't know movies. I'm like, where are you going with this? <laughs> who played Batman? It was Michael Keaton, Greg. Kevin Costner is like the only actor Greg got right on a Greg Don't Know Movies. By the way, Kevin Costner, dramatic actor who is trash. Really? Everything <laughs> is just delivered like this. He just talks in a, in a quiet voice and he squints the whole time. Every movie. <laughs> By the way, Dances with Wolves, one of the worst movies ever. I, don't, I can't believe to this day that it won an Oscar. He, all this dude does is make boring movies, by the way. Every single one of his movies is boring. Name the last good Kevin Costner movie. I couldn't name a Kevin Costner movie. (laughs) (laughs) Kiefer Sutherland's kind of that way. The same guy every time. He talks the same way. Can't change his inflection. Plays it. And ever since he got cast as Jack Bauer, he plays essentially the same character in everything he does. Yeah. And yet you don't think I could be taught to act. What an insult. (laughs) I'm serious. Have you heard the Brill Cream ad? Have you heard these hard knocks segments? Exactly, Juju's right. It it uh, it's it's pretty easy to do, and uh, and he and I are in production on that new movie of ours. Um, I want to um I want to switch gears and and talk a little bit about basketball because I mean uh, I congratulated you earlier for having your podcast uh, endorsed by Forbes, and now I have mm-hmm. to uh, say how sorry I am that um, you have been dethroned as the national media champion of the Miami Heat by ESPN NBA insider Bobby Marks. Are you familiar with why I'm saying this? No, I'm not. Not at all. I thought you were going to say Ryan Cortez, but go ahead. Listen, Bobby Marks, NBA insider for ESPN, uh, was the only one of, they, they have like three dozen expert mm-hmm. panel people. And, and he was the only one who not only picked the Heat to win the East, but to win the NBA championship. Jimmy Butler is the MVP and Spolstra as the coach of the year. So this guy is now on an island, Bobby Marks Island, and he's the new champion. I mean, that's quite the... Honestly, picking Jimmy Butler to win MVP, that's another level of island. Because, (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest, he's probably not the best player on his team at this point. Um, And, by the way, Bobby Marks, resident of Naples, Florida. So I'm at a... Might be a little home cooking there. That's not too long of a drive, right? Okay. Can, can I ask a question, by the way, Greg? How are, like, if the Heat goes to the finals and let's say play Utah, 
How are we supposed to process Dwayne Wade rolling up to a building on Dwayne Wade Avenue uh, with the opposing team? That's a good question. He's already got his son uh, playing in the G League for uh, for Utah's team, so yep. he's uh, he's all in, man. He's all in on on sort of leaving the the heat behind, and and it's a plausible. I mean, in, you know, nobody Brooklyn or Min- or Milwaukee's going to rep the East, I I reckon, but. It's plausible. Miami is sort of like the Utah of the West, right? I mean, they're not the favorite, but it wouldn't shock you to see them make the final. Right. So I would be interested to see that. That would be that would be better than the series would be uh, Dwayne Wade, you know, trying to sit on both sides of the arena at the same time. That would be fun to watch. How's he going to be received? I will boo his ass from here to Cal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Finals. Oh, wow. You know what? I, I'm hoping now for a Heat Jazz Finals just so I can see that play out because Dwayne owns that building. I mean, they, he's never going to be booed in that building. I don't, I just can't picture no, any scenario. No, nope. no. If he goes all out and is wearing a Utah Jazz cap, he's, he's I mean, inviting the booing. If he really wants the booze, he'll stand beside Mitt Romney. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know, but oh, hold on. In that building, look, in South Florida, it's a weird crowd out there, man. They may not boo that. They might get but, even more yeah, you're, you're right, considering the affiliations, you are right. Uh, yeah, that, that, that is true. Um, has anything, guys, happened in the first few games to, to make you think differently about the East? Because we've already seen Milwaukee beat Brooklyn by a lot. We've seen Miami beat Milwaukee by a lot. Well, we know the Ben Simmons situation, which I want to get into, um, sort of as a wild card against Philadelphia. Um, what's the hierarchy in the East? Has it changed at all with you in the past week? Not for me. I think we're still talking about uh, Philly, excuse me, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Miami as kind of the class of the East. And then the next group after that is this hodgepodge of the Knicks, the Celtics, the Wizards, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, not for my money. I don't think I've seen anything that's made me reconsider seriously what's happening. Now, obviously, what happens with Ben Simmons is important because if they trade Ben Simmons for what Daryl Morey says he's looking for, a difference maker, well, then that obviously you'd have to bump Philly back up to the top tier with those other three teams. You say that uh, they're the class of the East, the top three. Well, consider to be the ass of the East. (laughs) The ass of the East. Well, I mean, it's fitting. It's oh, the ass of the East is going to be somewhere hot and swampy. So Orlando <laughs> is the ass of the East. <laughs> it's also going to be somewhere terrible that smells like shit. So Cleveland <laughs> is also the ass of the East. And uh, let's see, who else am I missing here? There's one more team that's just got to be straight. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. It's got to be depressing and depleted. So Detroit. Ass of the East. There you go. Those are your three <laughs> ass of the East candidates, Juju. I like it. Um, I mean, Tyler Hero um, had a great um, preseason offensively. Scores 27 mm-hmm. in the opener. He's mm-hmm. all jacked up this year. Uh, he's the sixth man of the year favorite, I just said, um, whether it's true or not. Isn't there a scenario where you have to put somebody that good in the starting lineup? I know Spo has a scenario where he's got a nine deep rotation and, and guys off the bench often have more minutes. But what would you do with Tyler Hero and, and how improved do you think he is this year? Well, I think one of the things that happened to him from year one to year two was uh, an inflation of ego that wasn't commiserate with how good he is as a player. And so 
the Heat organization have worked very hard to ground him to reality. And I think part of that is, yeah, you're coming off the bench. I think another part of it is it's better for him to come off the bench because he's doing this against second units and he's allowed to be offensively aggressive as opposed to in the first unit where you've got the ball is going to go through Bam's hands. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is going to, you know, be pretty instrumental there. Jimmy's got to get his Duncan Robinson. You know, he's always going to get looks of his uh, shooting. So it's, it's a lot more crowded. If he becomes a starter, he doesn't get to play that way any, anymore. He's got to fit in to what they're doing. So I think they're fine. I also think, again, you know, preseason is preseason. Most of these teams, most of these players, I should say, don't care. And now that we started the actual regular season, now these are meaningful matchups. But again, against Milwaukee, where Drew Holiday doesn't play, and we see, you know, Jordan Nuara and three Greek names that I can't pronounce and won't begin <laughs> to pronounce, they're getting 20 plus minutes. I mean, you know, at that moment, like, okay, this isn't exactly a typical game. Is it plausible that uh, Tyler Hero off the bench could lead the Heat in scoring? Ah. Dan asked me that question the other day. Um, I said my answer at the time was, if that's the case, then something has gone terribly wrong, right? The season has taken a turn. And I say that because my feeling is that if the Miami Heat are to be what we think they're going to be, or what I guess Bobby Marks thinks they're going to be, <laughs> I think Bam Adebayo's got to be a surefire stud. I mean, it's not like, hey, I can do 18, 12, and 5, and then everyone's going to say, I had a good game, and I defended. No, he's got to be like a 23, 24, 25-point-per-game score. So I think that that leap has to come from him. And what Tyler can bring is what he brought uh, a home opener, which is some nights I'll come out and I'll do a lot of scoring, and some nights I'll I'll be all right. And that's the life of a six-man. It's like imagine saying Jordan Clarkson led the Jazz in scoring. It's not that we don't think he can score – consistently at a high clip it's just if jordan clarkson is the leading scorer for the jazz something went wrong this isn't that's not an ideal situation you mean to tell me that jordan Palmerly wants me to go to <laughs> who needs me <laughs> you're gonna go to buffalo with bernie Palmerly. um juju i i want your opinion on this ben simmons thing because it strikes me he's picked the worst city to be in this situation because Philly fans are notorious. You know, when it comes out that I I have a lot of sympathy. If he says he's not mentally ready to play, I believe him because I treat anything in the vicinity of, of possible mental illness issues very seriously. But I suspect a lot of Philly fans don't. Uh, I'm curious what you think of the situation Ben Simmons is in and how it might play out. I think uh, Ben Simmons is one of those people who he's like been cool all his life. So he doesn't necessarily like to be embarrassed or, you know I mean, ashamed. And so I feel like that's why he don't want to shoot free throws in the crunch, crunch time because he can't do what Giannis did and get over that fear in front of our eyes and make us like, whoa, he's uh, persevered this. He shies away from that. And I think that, is, that trait in him is what got in the way of him handling this situation like a true, you know what I mean, adult and a, a employee of that organization. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. poo-poo everywhere right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I just, uh, I mean, what is the trade market for him? Everybody talks about the ideal trade. They would love to get Lillard, obviously, but 
Is that conceivable? I mean, what's how's this going to play out? I mean, do you think? Well, I mean, I think first of all, I want to say Juju hit the nail on the head. Uh, I think he's a guy who's ash- like not used to being ashamed, right? His whole life, he's been great at everything, and now you're not. And now it's like uh, I was watching the the movie She's All That earlier with uh, Freddie Prince Jr. And it's just like it's that it's that moment of everyone's laughing at you, but I'm the cool kid. Nobody laughs at me. I'm I'm the I'm the one who's you know bringing the people here, and I'm the one that laughs at other people. So it's kind of weird that he's going through kind of the same thing that Markel Fultz went through a couple of years ago. But as far as the uh, trade market, Greg, uh, look, Daryl Morey, and I said this months ago on on SiriusXM Radio, and he came out yesterday and he basically echoed what I said. Daryl Morey is not going to accept the deal that he feels falls below what his asking price is. Now, what you can argue, hey, man, you wanted that? Or like, you think that's really good? Sure. You can argue about what he got in return, the merits of it. But what you cannot argue is that he's going to get what he wants. He's not going to be leveraged into a box. And he said on a, on a local radio station in Philly, we're prepared for this to go four years if it has to. The full four years of his contract. If we're not going to get what we want, what we're looking for, which is a difference maker, then we're not going to do any deal. We're just going to, we're confident in our group right now. Ballsy statement to say the least. But it's one that I, I believe Daryl Moore is prepared to, to carry out. Outside of that, you look at what are the teams that are most desperate. And the two teams are Minnesota and Sacramento. And both those teams are teams that have not been in the playoffs for quite a while and have some young pieces and stuff like that. And so you got to look at which way the desperation is going to go and try and leverage that, I, I, I would suppose. But the dream scenario, obviously, is that Portland starts 1-10 in 10 or whatever, and Damian Lillard says, you know what? I'm out. Because the last thing Daryl Morey wants to do is trade Ben Simmons for pennies on the dollar and then have a month later Damian Lillard available on the market. The, um, the, the Simmons situation almost reminds me in a way of um, what the Dolphins are having right now with the Deshaun Watson rumors. Yeah. And, and, and it's a moral play, obviously, with Deshaun Watson, who's got the ton of uh, accusations against him. Um, if you're the Dolphins, do you, go, do you spend that much and go after a guy who's got all this baggage and may end up being suspended or worse? Yeah. We talked about this on the local hour of the Levitard show on Thursday when David Sampson was on. And this, the cold, cynical answer is, if you can guarantee me he's not going to go to jail and he's not going to be suspended or placed on an exempt list or anything, like he's available to play, you do the deal and you just hope winning makes people forget or not care, which history tells us, sadly enough, that's what happens. People do not care enough. They care and then they like to feel good of their team being good and, and they just move on. And obviously, regardless of whether he's found guilty or not, they're going to have to have a sit down with him and say, hey, man, like you've got to get your life in order. So, I mean, this is my first chance getting taught to you, getting to meet you. Um, but you... We're the first person, you were the first follower when uh, the Fine song first got played. And that's what kind of kicked off this latest round over this last year and a half of uh, Levitard listeners putting kind of oh, yeah. studio-produced or studio-esque produced yeah, show songs studio together. quality. And, See, studio uh, yeah, quality. Yeah, yeah. And you were, you were the first person to like tweet out about it. And like that's when it started blowing up, even before Dan or anybody else from that account said anything. So I wanted to say thank you. And what better way to do that than with a song? Celebrating oh. your love... A breakfast flan. Hey, Mike, I gotta run. Gotta go back to the hotel for a little bit. It's breakfast for anyone. 
just shut up and listen. Spread back in the traffic, six act, gotta have it. I mean, that is me, and I need it, you see. It's the sweetest of things on this, on this earth. This is birth, I rehearse to submerge in this custard. Call it dessert, but for breakfast it works. And it sails in a pail by itself to relieve all my tension. Condensing ingredients all in a mess. I don't need it at night, in the morning it's best. I'm ingesting it gleefully. And I look unbelievably at you Intentions are shown when you keep Call me out like a freak in Miami For feeding my jaw And the flavor is cheap to me I can show you but no it's below you And now you backhanded me Tell me what you think and not Try to mess things I'm insisting gently You're trying to trip my attempt Cause your brain is on empty The fragrance is in me And let me defend the entire to making you aware? I don't care if you stare. Every bite brings me joy. I'm a dairy destroyer. Smiling when I loot. This legend confession at home in my bathroom. That's all I can offer you. I'm a man and I'll take all I can. Cause it's delicious to me. And oh man, I wish that I had breakfast plan. Give me a dozen and then I hide it all from dead. My favorite flavor. Consume every day I can. So much better than your toast and jam. So I am gonna get a breakfast plan. And I ain't bugging so uh, I think it's pronounced flan and whatever. <laughs> there you go, sir. Thank you, thank you. Uh, no, thank you, Yeti. Uh, uh, first of all, A plus on the lyrics, funny. Uh, and also, uh, an A plus for recreating the angry Eminem voice that he does yes. the way I am. <laughs> right? right? I, 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 However, however, I still, I still go with the original. Breakfast flan. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Why can I find another breakfast, breakfast like that? that. Uh. That's good. Well, I have to give, uh, I have to give Yeti credit for um, having the balls to play a rap parody in the company of Juju Gotti, a professional hip hop artist. Yeah. So that um, Juju, I want you to uh, give a critique and and be gentle on uh, on Yeti. <laughs> Nile is fantastic. That's my brother. I support you, Yeti. Keep going. It was a thousand bars in that guy. I was like, woof. Like, you, you ethered that guy. Like, you Yeah, being someone who writes rock songs, like, rap has a lot of words. And it's really hard yeah, to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to be cool saying every one of them if you're in yeah. front of somebody. Oh, man. That's songs. I, I remember like, um, I remember on the Levitard show once, um, I, I tried to do a minute or so of, of California love, and um, eventually I just got tripped up by all the words. I mean, I know the lyrics, but they just came rat a tat tat. They were too quick for me. I, hold on. I love that Greg knows the words to California love, but can't tell you who played Beetlejuice. <laughs> I got my priorities, man. He ended California love with, as I'm That's right. That is how that ended. Juju, um, we need to make shirts that say Greg Cody is hip hop. <laughs> Greg Cody is hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, <laughs> Juju, give us uh give us a quick update on on what you're up to uh, musically these days. Oh man, I've been recording like a thousand songs, bruh. Like I'd be in the studio having this the step out of the studio to do the show stuff. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I love it. You know what I mean? Back in the creative space. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh we got an event coming up. We're arming in Miami. You know what I mean? Be on the lookout. Hey, it might be November 1st, the 2nd, the 19th. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. 
Speaking of, you never know. Yeti, drop that shit. You never know. 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 You gotta be on your toes. Shouts out to Mike Ryan. But yeah, man, I got something coming out soon, probably. You know what I mean? Within the next month or so, I'm gonna put some music out. Excellent. That's good to hear. That's good to hear, and will be good to hear. Literally. Um. Juju, when you're doing the social media stuff for Levitard Show, I want you to be honest with me because sometimes I'll tweet something out and I'll reread it two minutes later and it's like, oh, shit, I misspelled something and I'll immediately delete it. Does that ever happen to you when you're like putting something out and you're like, ah? Welcome to my life. Welcome to my heartbeat. Welcome to my cholesterol. Welcome to my <laughs> attitude. Like, welcome to everything. Like, welcome. Yes, I am stressed out. From the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, because if I make any mistake, a billion people is going to comment and say, <laughs> fine. you didn't put the period in the right spot. You didn't spell this right. That's the wrong. Of course, you put the course with the A instead of a U. Right. Uh, it's like I don't get the show. So it's like it's, it can be very stressful at times. For real, like, because oh, the pandemic, you know what I mean? I was alone the whole time uh, in the one bedroom doing social media while wow. my first week of it was the trump week or the, the election week. oh man so it was like cannonball <laughs> into depression <laughs> at first you know what i mean and so it took me a while to get used to shutting out all the critical things that people just say from burner accounts uh no pictures or one follower right you know what i mean and it, it's getting better to the point now that I don't even I don't even look at it no more. I don't even if you hating on me now online, I might be done muted you already two times ago. You know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, we look forward to your uh, your new music coming out. Um, and um, I mean, everybody should uh, listen to your podcast, Cinephobe, and uh, and then re-listen and continue listening because uh, it's really good. I'm gonna have to listen so when I say it's really good, I can mean it. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I, Greg, I, I Greg here's the beauty of, of Cinephobe. Because we're doing <laughs> movies, you know, most podcasts, <clears throat> for instance, even the Greg Cody show, I, if I had to ask, oh, I want to listen to an episode from four months ago, most people don't want to listen to it because they're talking about topics from four months ago. It's, it's outdated. It's moved, moved on. We're talking about what's happening now. Cinephobe is about movies. They're never outdated. So you can become a Cinephobe listener today and have an entire library of all these old episodes you can go back to that are just as relevant and as funny as when they dropped the first time. So, Cinephobe, wherever you get podcasts, get to ascertaining. <laughs> leave five stars on Cinephobe, but in, yes. in the comments, leave Anthony Mays sucks in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> five stars, though. Get it five stars. You know? <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, I mean, put a put a good word in for uh, for the Greg Cody Show podcast with your your Forbes guys, so we can get a little oh, from him as well. Then uh, we have to do a credit check first, Greg. You know, it's only a certain crust of uh, of society that gets into Forbes. <laughs> oh, believe me, I know. Listen, next next time I ask you to be on my podcast, I'm going to go through your agent, and there's going to be like I'm going to have to pay something up front, and it's that's right. Crazy. 
I'm going to wear a top hat and a monocle and a tuxedo and one of them ones them jackets that have long tails. I like it. <laughs> so when I sit down, I got to like flood it out first before I can sit down in my seat. There like, you go. Like, Bugs, <laughs> like Bugs Bunny when he's about to play the piano. <laughs> I <wonder. laughs> Yesterday's price is not today's price. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, this was fun, guys. I appreciate both of you. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for coming by. I, I, I'm so thrilled. I just got to see Juju. I saw at the uh, at the roast, and Amin was in the studio, Levitard Studio. So I um, just got to see yes, you guys. It's, it's good good oh, of you guys to do this. Really appreciate it. Very dapper, might I add. Very dapper you were. Yeah. Well, the shoes, <laughs> uh, the, the 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 red sneaks got a lot of. Uh, a lot of compliments. Uh, oh, you wore you, you wore the gift, the, the juju gift. I, I did. We got a lot of comments. Oh, Most nice. of them were, uh, "Why is that old ass guy wearing hip shoes like that?" But oh. <laughs> nobody said. Yeah, n- n- not n- not to my face. Made us that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Amin. Thanks, Juju. Uh, good friends. Good friends of the show. Appreciate you being on again. And listeners, we appreciate you the most of all. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you being with us every single week. And we'll see you again next week. How about that? How about that?